told you it said candy. I was wrong. We were trying to figure out the intro to the song. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of True Crime on Easy Street. We were trying to figure out what Shane was singing about in that song. Uh, What's the title of that song? The Legend of Hannah Brady. The Legend of Hannah Brady, which is a fantastic song, but we all realized that when we sit here and we're waiting to start the show, we don't really listen to the words of the song. We just wait for him to hit that high note and then... Katie kills the sound and we start talking. Mm-hmm. Wow, I was so wrong. I listened to, I mean, and then I edit this thing and listen to it again and I still didn't know the words. So Katie said it didn't have the word canyon in it. Scott said it did. What is it? Way on, way on back in the canyon? In way the on canyon. down in the canyon? Way on, on down back? in the canyon? On I don't back. know. I, I, thought I, I thought it said way on back, but I yeah. didn't know about the next one. I know the guy who wrote the song. I will we'll talk to him, him about it and we will have <laughs> all of the lyrics for next week. My name is Scott Wright, guys, and I am a mediocre journalist. I'm Kelly Turner, and I'm not a doctor. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer. I will get to the bottom of the lyrics of the song that we use and have used for two years now, almost. I know. As the intro to this uh, as, podcast. As we barrel toward oh, our yeah. 100th episode. Yeah, I mean, listen, the tailgate's on fire, the steering wheel's off, the wheels are all flat, and we're coming over the top of the mountain. It's pedal to the metal. <laughs> we couldn't stop if we wanted to. No, no. I mean, somebody build me a parachute. <laughs> Where is D.B. Cooper when you need him? I don't know, but uh, so That's did the... we figure out, this is episode what? Is this 97? 96? See, we're going to get- 96, I This think. is 96. Axeman was 95. Is that right? Maybe. So this is 90. See, we're going to get confused. Everybody gonna, out there. We're going to miss it. Nobody out there does. <laughs> nobody out there knows this. We are working ahead because we have vacations coming up. And yes, Axeman was 95. This you're is headed to Europe and you're yes. headed to New York. And I'm going to be sitting here in this chair by myself for a couple of weeks. Yep. Not. With nothing plugged in. So here we are, 96. But we don't know where it is. So it's 96. And this is a, this is a two-parter, correct? This is a one-parter. This one-parter? is a one-parter. Uh, yeah, uh, this is a one-parter. Yeah, Katie's Katie's got the ball today gotcha. on Super Bowl Sunday, and then we have a two-parter coming up. Yeah, that's right. We're going to do the Lindbergh kidnapping next. Mm-hmm. Can I okay, say we're that? Close. I mean, you can. You just did. I already did. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're going to do the Lindbergh kidnapping. It's going to be really good. I'm very excited about it. You know what? Though I am excited about that one because it's a case that I've always heard about, but I don't know a lot of the details. Hey, same. Hold my beer. I got you. So it's it's kind of like a history lesson. I'm it looking is. forward to it's it. It's a history. It happened in 1932, and it's 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 a, it's 91 years old. So mm-hmm. it's just not something that you know about. Just a little older than you, Scott. Almost <laughs> as old as me. Thanks for bringing that up, <laughs> Scott. You have a few shout outs, you said? I do Did have a couple. Okay. Do we right. want to do that today? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, uh, Matt McKinney okay. is a, he, he's the guy who delivers the paper for us that, at the Post Herald. And he has a, uh, a broadcast that he does with my friend Todd Dean. It's called The Matt and Todd Show. They talk about sports. Awesome. But he has gotten into the true crime genre and he listens to us and he's always telling me, hey, I listened to this last week. He comes in every Tuesday when he delivers the paper, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, I listened to this. It's great. I listened to this one. It's good. So he's a big fan of the show and I am a big fan of their show. So cross promotion prop- uh, possibilities. Yes. With the Matt and Todd show. Well, they have a huge audience. So thank you, Matt. And, and everybody uh, go check out their show. Yes. Yeah. Matt and Todd show. Yeah. And uh, Matt and Todd, don't forget to tell everybody on your show to check out ours. That's right. How do you check out the Matt and Todd show? I think a- uh, they stream on Sunday nights at six o'clock and they just talk about what's happened in the last week in sports. Do they stream on Facebook? I think it's, I think they stream on Facebook and Facebook. They, I, okay. they may also have a podcast. I really should have done a bit more homework before yeah, I brought have. it up. Uh, Matt will uh, cost me. Yeah, I mean, really, did you think I was going to nail mean, this? People think we're kidding about this, but mm. no, I'm nope. just, I'm kidding. No, you're not. Yeah, but, uh, so we'll check them out on Facebook. We'll yeah. start with Facebook. Start with Facebook, and, then... and they can right. you can go into other platforms from there. Wonderful. Yeah, because they may do it on YouTube, too, because okay. I think they had some issues with Facebook, because, you know, Facebook, like, will take you down if, you know, you put a song in it, or, you know what I mean? Oh, like, okay. Maybe so. Facebook will take you down. Isn't that always the way? <laughs> and then um, Carrie Atkinson. Oh, yeah. An old friend of all of ours. Yes. She recently started listening to the show. Oh, hello, Carrie. I, I had to beat her over the head to get her to start. Oh. But she oh, well, finally let's did. Not, and let's she, not do that to our listeners. I know. 
Uh, but she uh, listened to the first Patricia Hurst episode, and she said that it did not suck. I'm using her words, not mine. It did not suck. She said it did not suck. Well, thank you for that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, little- uh, half-hearted hello. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we love you. And thanks for listening. But, well, thanks, yeah, Carrie. Carrie is out there listening to us somewhere. Okay. That's and that's good. a good reminder that if you're listening out there and you're telling someone to go listen to the show, they don't have to start at the beginning. No, they do wherever. not. And we have gotten better with Tom, so maybe you don't want to start at the beginning. Yeah, it, it was yeah, it was four or five episodes before we really learned I want to say before we really learned how to do this. The, the way that we do it now. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> the yeah. way we introduce ourselves and and banter before the show begins. That's right. It, it took us a, a minute to learn how to do that. I mean, we struggled with that first case. We really should go back and redo our very our very first case. Uh, you know what? We should totally do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's, maybe maybe we'll do that. Pencil that in. Maybe. All right. So um, I don't know what's going to happen today. Is is the show over? No. Are you going to hit the music? We're just Almost. getting started. We're, right. I, I I've lost track of time. So uh, um, so there's two dummies in the room today. <laughs> Both of us. Yeah. So Katie has all the knowledge yes. and we're just going to sit back and make comments. And she told me last night that she is very excited oh. about this episode. She's like, this is going to be the best one I've ever done. So no pressure, Katie Beth. Well, I said, I don't always love being in the big seat. I don't, I don't, I think y'all do it a lot better than I do, but untrue. I have yeah, done That's a lot untrue. of research on this guy. So, well, I'm okay. excited. Yeah, me too. Let's, let's learn. What? Let's hold hands. <laughs> All right. We're holding hands and driving off the cliff together. <laughs> Thelma and Louise. <laughs> Hit it. Yes. So, um, Katie, who are we who are we discussing today? We're discussing today a guy who isn't really well known, but really should be because he did some terrible things and mm. he did them all over the country. I dislike him already. Yeah. Mm. Oh. We're going to start the story at the end. Okay. And, and back it up. Oh, I love it. it That's my favorite way to start a That's story. Fun. Yeah, let's back it up. We're going to start by talking about, not him, but a girl named Samantha Koenig. Okay. Samantha was an 18-year-old on February 1st, 2012, working a drive through cop- coffee shop in Anchorage, Alaska. Okay. And we don't really... Ha- have these type of things around here, but it's just this little shack situation, coffee shop you drive through because people don't want to get out of their cars, you know, in the snow. I wouldn't. So it's like the burger shack. Mm-hmm. And it's like open late. like mm-hmm. But for coffee. Right, yeah. So it's open like all day long. Yeah, because in the snow, I want coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the summer, I want coffee all the time. So certainly in the if snow. If it's in the winter, sometimes I'll just pour coffee down the front of my shirt. <laughs> So she's closing up the coffee shop on February 1st, 2012. And a guy walks up with a ski mask on, which is not uncommon in Alaska in the winter. So it's yeah. Okay. So it's not like she's not immediately like, Oh God, there's a guy in a ski mask because people wear ski masks around. But what does frighten her is when he then proceeds to pull a gun on her and tell her, tells her to turn the lights off. Oh God. So you can see in security cam footage, gun comes out, lights, turn off and then he jumps into the coffee shop because it's like a window he jumps He's into the window in through the window oh, Lord. ties her hands and walks her out of the coffee shop and into his truck she goes a few weeks two weeks later a ransom note shows up with a photo of samantha holding the l- recent local paper this photo comes from her cell phone. So it's a photo taken on her phone to her boyfriend. The photo is kind of weird. Like her hair is in a braid. Her family notices she never wears her hair in a braid. And the ransom message demanded that they deposit $30,000 into her checking account. And the community raises $30,000 and puts it in her checking account. Oh, wow. So they comply with this ransom note. Okay. Immediately after the money is deposited, Three withdrawals of the daily limit, $500, are made in Anchorage one day after the next. Yeah, you only get so much out of the ATM mm-hmm. machine every day. They think, this is great. Like, we'll, be, we'll, we'll monitor the bank account as soon as there's hits. We'll, we'll show up at these ATMs. We'll catch whoever's got her, whoever's got her debit card. But they don't. They, every time they show up, they're just a little too late. Oh. They pull... Security cam footage, and a, it's a guy in a mask. 
And they're like, well, you know, they don't, so they don't have anything to go on there. But it, it's like almost like a scream mask, like it's a like a Halloween mask. He's not wearing a ski oh. mask. Oh, okay, Ugh. okay. So add creepy to everything else we've already discussed yeah. so far. So now we're in March seventh, and another de- another withdrawal pings from Wilcox, Arizona. Wow. Then the next day, there's a withdrawal in New Mexico, and then now we're in Texas. It's it's the five hundred buck limit mm-hmm. every day. Yes. Okay. And each time they pull the footage, it's a guy wearing the same mask. Finally, they get his car in the video, and they see that uh, he's driving a white Ford Focus. So Texas Highway Patrol are on the lookout for a white Ford Focus. You know they're probably pulling as many over as they can looking for this guy. A, a pretty uh, standard. Car. That's a little four door, tiny thing that gets 40 miles to the gallon of Ford Focus, yeah, right? A little yeah, small a car. Out there. Yeah, a, there's a million out there. Yeah, there's a million of them. Can you think of a worse state to, to be a criminal and get caught in than Texas? Mm-mm. I mean, seriously. I hope they catch him in Texas. I, do I don't too. know how this ends, but I hope they get I, him there. Exactly, yeah. Well, Texas Highway Patrol Corporal Brian Henry recognizes the car and stops him. The guy he's pulled out, he pulls over has an Alaska driver's license, so he immediately pulls him out, searches the vehicle. And I'm his checking things off my list. So far, we're good. They find wads of money, like rolled up from all these withdrawals he's made. Samantha's cell phone and her debit card. But there's no signs of Samantha in the vehicle with him, of course. Probably not a good sign. No. He's very quickly extradited back to Alaska. So once they... So Texas didn't keep him, unfortunately. He, he didn't. No, but they. A I mean, look how quick they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because right now, you know, he's being charged with kidnapping, and the charge—it's got a fancy name, but the charge is you're using someone else's bank card. Yeah. Okay. Identity theft. No, it's it's got a name. Skip I, it. I, I could Maybe look not. it up, but yeah. thievery of bank card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Well, polish that up, and that's what we're talking about, yes. everybody. Imagine that we said that better. And and you're stealing money, too. It's not your money in that bank. Yeah. Once they receive him back in Anchorage, they interrogate him for an hour and a half. After this hour and a half, his defense attorney, they're like, well, we're done here. You know, this is, the interview's over. Yeah. They take him back to his cell. They have a conversation. And then he's like, I'm, I'm ready to come back and confess. Okay. Like, so oh, wow. All right. He wants to go back and talk to the mm-hmm. police again and just fess up. Yep. Okay. Does he like, tell I'm, his attorney what he's going to say? He must have. Okay. So he, the attorney's yeah, like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, all right, let's yeah, do let's, this." Yeah. Okay. When he begins to speak, they realize that this is a whole different person than who they originally thought they had. They were like, they thought he was your everyday average criminal kidnapper, I guess. But they quickly realize this guy is. I mean, I don't guess this is the correct term, but a psychopath. He's like Ted Bundy crazy. Yes. Okay. You can use that term. I'm, I'll allow it. <laughs> that's that's down on this uh-huh, podcast. It is. He tells them he'll he'll keep talking if he can get an Americano, a peanut butter Snickers, and a cigar. You get nothing. What'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> Punk. Get him a cup of coffee and a candy bar and let's find out what happened. An Americano. Oh, an Americano. Is that a specific coffee, right? That is espresso let's- and hot water. How about that to your face? Yeah. Why don't you just talk? I'd be a terrible cop. Yeah. Because be a terrible because cop. they're the story he then tells them is so gruesome that the FBI has never released the full audio of oh this. Oh my gosh. Oh now I watched bits and pieces of his of these talkings they had with him. Of, of the, they're not really interrogations. I guess they are. But he's sitting in there with a couple of detectives and he's he's telling his stories and, and they're having to just keep a poker face they just have to keep right that's the standard refrain you just mm-hmm. so so what happened next oh. so what happened next oh my gosh and pretend like you're not freaked out by what he's saying but yeah yeah he lets them know that samantha is not alive oh. that he had taken her to his house kept her in his in his shed beside his house tied up he then went to get himself a bottle of wine and he began to drink the wine. He gave her some water. He did not allow her to have any of the wine. And 
then proceeded to sexually assault her all night. All while he's telling Samantha that he plans to let her go at the end of it. Yeah, of course, so that she's more compliant. Yeah. Yeah. While she's in the shed, he leaves for a bit to go back to the coffee shop to collect her things. So he goes, he had left her there and went back before the coffee shop was open the next morning and got her phone and her debit card and everything because he had, he had left them there originally, I guess, in the rush of... So the original her. plan was not to rob. Right. It was to sexually assault mm-hmm. her. Okay. When he gets back from the coffee shop, he's done with her. So he strangles her and stabs her. The whole time, his girlfriend and daughter are in the house. What? So he's in the shed by the house, girlfriend and 10-year-old daughter asleep inside. How many times have we told a story about a psychopath, a sociopath, who seems normal to everyone in and around his life? Yeah. Right? Yeah, this guy for sure. Because while he's talking, he's calm. He's matter of fact. He's chuckling even at some of the things he says. He definitely thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, according to all the interrogators. They're like, you could, that was his demeanor. Like he's smarter than that. That is a good sign because Mm -hmm. that's always the downfall. Yeah. He's, but he's checking all of the boxes to use that phrase again. I mean, we're talking about John Douglas and the FBI guys. I mean, he is right in, he's, he's on the main highway for crazy. Yeah. Bungie thought he was the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. BTK. Gacy. Gacy. All of them. They all did. You know, they all have in common. Arrested. Yeah. yeah they all got goodness. caught. He tells them that he's basically two different people and no one really knows anything about him. Okay. The investigators ask him how long he's been two different people and he says about 14 years. He tells them where Samantha's body is for another Americano in Snickers bar. But he also tells them what happened after he murdered her. Right after he murdered her, he left her in the shed and took his girlfriend and daughter to New Orleans to board a cruise for two weeks. So he has left this body in his shed, hopped on an airplane, flown to New Orleans, boarded a cruise ship. He's, they're, they're gone for about a total of two weeks. Comes home. I hope he got diarrhea on the cruise. Yeah. What is that thing that you get on cruise ships sometimes that, that goes around? Like a like a stomach parasite? Yeah. By the time he got back, she had frozen. Because it's, yeah, cause it's Alaska. February. Oh, it's Alaska. Yeah, it's Alaska. Yeah. Sure. So he then proceeds to put makeup on her, braid her hair, and sews her eyelids open. Oh my gosh, the picture. If that's in the order photo? to take the ransom photo. Oh my gosh. So she was not alive in that ransom photo. So he spent two weeks on this cruise ship with his wife and daughter. His girlfriend and daughter, yes. Figuring out his end game solution, and that's what he came up with. Right? Is that what I'm is that what I'm hearing? I'm guessing. I, now when when he's doing this ransom and you said the community raised the money, mm-hmm. did they get the police involved with <laughs> yes, this? Yes, because okay, the police was okay. involved because that's the police immediately began monitoring the the bank. Oh yeah, that's right. You said that. Yeah. What year was this? I was 2012. Like shocked 12. about the picture. I, mm-hmm. It threw me off. So technology. I mean, we've done so many stories where we have to say, "Hey, uh, videotape didn't exist," or yeah, uh, no, there was video. But this is 2012, so we've got all of this now. Where are wife? Technology is caught up. Where's girlfriend and daughter when he's going through New Mexico and Texas and all that? They're at home. Okay, mm-hmm. so I guess he's saying business trip or something. Yes, he's finding he, that away. Oh yeah. He said after he took the photo, he dismantled her body, took her to a deep lake about an hour outside of Anchorage, set up like he was ice fishing. So when you ice fish, you mm-hmm. set up a structure around you. Yeah, it's enclosed. So, and then you cut a hole in the ice. And you saw a hole in the ice and he weighs her down and throws her in. And they say, well, did you, th- this is a full conversation with the investigators. Did you do any fishing while you were there? And he tells them that he actually did do some fishing. And he caught a fish and he took it home and ate it. From the same hole that he has thrown her body down. Well, good for him. Divers and detectives Hope head he out. Got sick. Ugh. Ugh. 
Divers and detectives head straight out to the lake. They send a robot down first, and they they find her body fairly quickly. So it's okay. it's where he said it was. As he's talking, he begins to worry that he's running out of cards to play. Pretty quickly, the they figure this is not the only murder he's committed. So they want they want to keep him talking. They want they want more details. Remember the little tidbit where he said he'd been two different people for about fourteen years. Yeah. So, I don't like the way that's going. No. Yeah. Says that he has one major request. He wants the death penalty. He does not want to have life in prison and he does not want his name in the media. And they're complying. They're saying, you know, we'll, we can do all that. Yeah, they're saying they're going to yes. do that. <laughs> but the thing is, Alaska does not have the death penalty. So they're going to okay. need him. To, to keep con- talking. Mm-hmm. They need him to confess in somewhere like Texas. <laughs> you, yeah, you keep coming back to Texas and yeah. you may be right. I don't know how this ends. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's right or not, but they need a state. Yeah, or to get it federal. Like they, there were several different ways that he could be it could be moved. But a death penalty case is not quick. He wanted the death penalty and he wanted it within the year. That's not really feasible, but they kept him thinking. No, it but was. I'm definitely telling him, Oh yeah, we can do mm-hmm. that. Go sure. ahead. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Along with his requesting anonymity because he didn't want his daughter to see him on the news or his mom. And, you know, they're going along with it for now, too. Ah, He's just so thoughtful. Yeah. Doesn't want to spoil the family reunion. Yeah. So who is this guy? I don't know. He tells them in, in in their talks. So all of this information is from him. He was the second of 10 children. Born in Richmond, Utah on January 7th, 1978. It's always interesting to me when people come from like really big nuclear families like that. I'm always like, there's got to be some dynamics at play there. Yeah. His parents were Mormon expats from Torrance, California, which is near LA. It's uh, like in the South Bay region. Richmond, Utah is a city in Catch County, Utah, um, where the population is about 2,700, so it's a little smaller than center. But similar in mm-hmm. size for, for, uh, of, uh, of our own. Right, because center's about 3,500. Yeah. 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 He and his siblings were homeschooled, taught Mormon beliefs until about 1983. And then they headed out of Utah and out of the Mormon faith. So his father moves the family to a remote plot of land in what's called Colville, Washington, when our guy here was about five years old. Now, did they, was this a bad separation from the Mormon church or they just picked up and left? They just picked up and left. Um, They have, they have begun a, a search for their religion. They're, gotcha. they're, they're going to go through a couple of different They're looking for churches. something new. I gotcha. Okay. Okay. They moved into a one-room cabin located on Rocky Creek Road where they lived without electricity or running water. So they're off the grid. All right. The family attended services at a church called the Ark, which practiced white supremacist Christian identity. Ideology random enough it was during this period. Um, they also befriended a neighboring family. And the guy in the neighboring family's name is, I think, I think you say Chevy Kehoe, who was later convicted for a triple murder in 96. So there's just murderers all around. Good grief. What have you stumbled into? What have you dragged us <laughs> into today, Katie Beth? Good Lord. But... Our guy later describes this Ark church as like an Amish-like church environment. Um, so the family doesn't stay in this church for very long. Yeah, except the Amish are not really like white supremacists. Right. No. They're no. just, they're, they're down on electricity. Yeah, they don't do but that. Not but not down they, on they, black people as far as I know. people. Right. Yeah. yeah. They then attend another church called the Christian Israel Covenant Church. This church taught British Israelism as doctrine, which um, I'm going to need an explanation on exactly what yeah, the hell that is. Oddly specific. British Israeli Israelism. <laughs> I, read, I did a quick Google on it. They believe that P 
people of Great Britain are genetically, racially, and linguistically the direct descendants of the 10 lost tribes of ancient Israel. All the central tenets of British Israelism have been refuted by um, everything, archaeology, ethnology, yeah, that's, genetic, that's linguistic research. Like, it's just all terrible. Yeah. Those people have been living on that island for 10,000 years. Someone thinks highly of themselves. Mm. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, so so they okay. All right. So they're part it. of this like racist group of people. So are they are they white supremacists or are they British Israelis? They are British Israelis at at this point. Okay, they're done with the white. They're done supremacy. with the white supremacy. But it kind of sounds like all the same. They're just okay. trying on different things to see what fits and looks good in the mirror. Okay. All right. Yes. His his mother is uh, like I do. <laughs> Is the religious zealot of the of the group? She's very very into having these churches at the forefront of their family. So for years, some of the children had been forced to sleep in a tent due to the cabin's small size that they were living in. They were made to hunt their food, chop firewood, and work on local farms to support the family. This should come as no surprise, but as a hobby. He hunted anything with a heartbeat and freely admitted to skinning a deer alive to his peers at the church. This led to him being, you know, ostracized. Yeah. And actively avoided by the various children who attended the Christian Israel Covenant Church. Yes. Yes, I I could say that. Yeah, if I walk into a room and there's 20 people in there and one of them is a guy who skinned a deer alive. And bragged about it. And that's the guy I'm not going to go sit beside. No. Mm Mm-mm. One girl later recounted that his presence just made her skin crawl. Like she could always tell there was something off with him. So there was something at a young age Mm -hmm. with this guy. Yeah. Gotcha. He also admitted to shooting at neighbors' houses with his BB gun, starting fires in the woods, and breaking into houses for fun. So do we have bedwetting and then we'd have I was going to say that's the whole thing if we've got bedwetting. You know, there was no mention of bedwetting. I'm not really even sure he had like a bed. Like tent wedding? Yeah, maybe some tent (laughs) wedding. Whatever. Sometimes he... Sleeping bag wetting. Leaves. Ground. Whatever. Sometimes he broke into houses with another kid who also began avoiding him after witnessing him shoot an animal. So... Even so killing kid, animals, setting fires, and peeing in the bed—that's the magical yeah. triumvirate. Yeah, and this Your kid was like, "Look, shit, that's crazy." Yeah, this kid was like breaking and entering. That's fine, but you've gone too far, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm out. Once he stole several guns from his neighbor's house and was forced to apologize by his parents after they found his stash. Well, uh, okay, that's good. Yeah, he. This was not the only time he's stolen guns because at this point he's six foot two at the age of fourteen. So he would steal these guns. Somebody throw this kid a basketball. Yeah, he would steal these guns and sell them to local adults because that's safe and normal. Who Adul- are these? Who? What adults are buying a gun mm-hmm. from, from a child? Welcome to America. No, that is not American, Scott. Everybody buys guns in this country. They don't buy them from fourteen-year-olds. Even if it's a cool gun. Wow. No. Not that no. I would know what a cool gun is. Yeah, you don't even own a gun. That's true. I have a golf club for home protection. Okay, so I own guns and I have not bought any of them from a six foot two 14 year old. Let's check all of your receipts. <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> I just don't understand mm-hmm. what the thinking is. Like, how would this 16 year old get these guns? Exactly. Would, I mean, this 14 year old, that would be. Yeah, they weren't why too you, worried about why it. Why are you 14-year-old and you have these guns and then you're wanting me to buy them? Yeah. Okay, whatever, whatever. It was around this time that his parents let some friends stay with them. And in the presence of the son and daughter and some of his sisters, he tied a cat to a tree with a parachute cord and shot the cat in the stomach. <sighs> the cat then began circling the tree before crashing into it and vomiting. He said that he laughed about it before noticing that the other little boy, the son of the friends that were staying with them, had thrown up after seeing that's this. A, that's your normal reaction. That's, yeah, that's the, yeah. This is when he had the epiphany uh, that he realized that I, I think I might be different than people my age. So that you was think? the 14 years before. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah. That you're different? Oh, hi. 
Upon this realization, he kept his increasingly antisocial behavior to himself, withdrawing socially due to, you know, he really couldn't get anybody to hang out with him because he kept doing weird shit like this. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. This is when his mother recounts, this is when she began to notice troubling signs in him and said he would like tune the radio into weird stations and he, she just, she didn't have a lot to say about it, but he's, he's, he's listening doing. to like true crime podcasts. Yeah. Hey, wait, he doesn't even speak Spanish. Why is he listening to this Spanish radio station? Is it all something day? like that? Or is it, what's the no. weird? Is it doc, the Dr. I Demento would, show? Because I did that. Probably like some anti-government thing. You know how yeah. you have like, but yeah, no, the, she okay. didn't, she didn't get into okay, the screw jobs. Into, yeah. By the time he becomes a teenager, he's pretty good carpenter. So he actually builds like another wooden cabin for his family at the age of 16. Okay. He begins working for a contractor for a couple years. And it's around this time he starts keeping a journal that's littered with Bible scriptures, documentations of his daily sins, for lack of a better word, and things that he felt shame about, such as, he quoted, lusting after his girlfriend. Oh, now, I, okay, now, I'm, my little spotty senses have perked now. Go on. He's feeling shame mm-hmm. about things. Yes. This is legit shame. hmm Is it only about the lust? It says, all of, of all of his daily sins, but the one he recounts is the lusting after his girlfriend. Wait, isn't that the whole purpose of having a girlfriend? What am I getting wrong here? Uh, Scott, I don't know. Look, so he's not feeling shame for shooting animals, cats, skinning things alive. No. The lustfulness of the girlfriend is the shame. Only. Okay. But I mean, doesn't that kind of compute with things that we've heard about and learned about other guys that we've talked about? For some reason, the sexual aspect of their lives is the thing that they feel the most shame. They don't mind killing animals and people. Right. Right. But oh my God, I, I want to have sex with my girlfriend. Yep. Shame on me. Yes, yes. That's that's why I was like, yeah. okay, I got to ask a few questions here. All right, go ahead. Around this time, the family reloca- relocates again to Maine, where they begin collecting sap from for maple syrup. They are all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he just built a cabin. Yep. So they, I mean, we just got out of the tent, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a roof over our head, and you moved to Maine. They, they start collecting sap for maple syrup production in a mostly Amish community. So they just okay. keep finding these Amish communities. Mm-hmm. Due to their mother's like extreme religiousness, they were forced to secretly flee their parents in order to watch movies with their friends. Uh, or, But I'm just so confused as to what her extreme religiousness is. She can't mm-hmm. seem to find consistency in this. No, no I, she is, but she's the mother of 10. So maybe she feels like, and this is just speculation. I got 10 kids. I need to give them direction. And in my mind, religion is the direction I need to give them. That will ensure that they land on their feet and they're able to live productive lives. What that woman needs is a subscription to the jelly of the month club. Well, and you know, I, I see what you're getting at with that, Scott. That, and that's that speculation. I don't know. That that may be, you know, mm-hmm. she's definitely looking to religion to get this sort of, this guidance. And, and, and that's not an issue with me. It's just the, the, the ping-ponging mm-hmm. to all the different types of religion. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a scattershot attempt at parenting. Yeah, it's... And I feel like her core tenets are like these... Amish-like tendencies, but they don't go off to live with the Amish, so I don't know. Hey, I'm down with the maple syrup. Yeah. But, okay, so, but we, the only thing that we can be sure of is that we're done with being a Mormon. Yes. And now we're just trying to figure out something maybe in another realm of of Christianity. Right, I was about to say yes, because they believe in God, but it's the extreme... But, it, but, it's, get to. but it's like Christianity yes. is what they're... Mm-hmm. It, okay, all right. Because then he decides he's going to declare his atheism to his parents. Oh, no. I know that's going to land. Thud. Yeah. After yeah, an intense <laughs> argument, they get Kim right on out. Yeah. yeah and he, he is shunned for this blasphemy. And they instruct all of his younger siblings that 
they are to never have contact with him again. They probably shouldn't anyway. Out of I 10, mean, wouldn't you figure that nut job mom and her Bible is going to run somebody off? Well, here's the deal. The, his younger siblings don't need contact with him anyway. Oh, well, it, he, it, yeah, they got issue. that right. He's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Because then he decides he's going to develop an interest in Satanism and starts making plans to commit ritualistic murder. But before he can do that, he decides to enlist in the army. <laughs> On July 9th, 1998, he relocates and enlists in the army in New York. He serves as a specialist in Alpha Company 1st Battalion 5th Infantry Regiment. Okay. He passed like this rigorous month-long course for rangers training he's sent to fort lewis then fort hood and then he spends some time abroad he he goes to egypt uh, and befriends like a bunch of soldiers like he's he's kind of got his little group in egypt before he tells one of them though that he'd like to kill him he would like to yeah he's like yeah you know i'd like to kill you he's like that's, that's kind of weird did they this was his friend mm-hmm they were like, of all my friends, you're the one that I want to kill the most. I mean, that's basically what he said, right? Oh my gosh. I would like to kill you. I would you. like to kill you. Hmm. The, his army friends note that he was always quiet and he kind of kept to himself. Mm-hmm. He would drink heavily. He consumed entire bottles of wild turkey. That was his poison of choice. Lighten up, Francis. Yeah. He was a big fan of the insane clown posse. Oh, Lord. And had lots of posters of them displayed in his barracks. You ever heard of in, any of their songs? You ever heard any of them? No. The hip-hop uh, they're, yeah. they're terrible. I mean, it's, it sounds like a, a, a garbage truck backing into a house. They're terrible, and their lyrics are very violent. And yeah. And it's just, I don't consider it good music. No. no. Now, there may be people out there who listen to it. And yeah, they, if you're an insane not, clown posse fan, anybody. don't let us offend you. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? And you probably have never heard anybody. <laughs> I don't think she cares at this but point. But the music you're listening to sounds like garbage. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. Still yeah. love you. Still listen to like the show. Sh- it sounds like <laughs> shit with barrels in it rolling it's, down a hill. It's, um, yeah, I don't like it. He gets a DUI in 2001, and that's really the only trouble he gets into. He's honorably discharged from the Army, and after winning, like, some awards for his shooting. Okay, like, so he's a marksman. Yeah. Uh, well, so, we've hey, we've told that story on this episode, or on this podcast before as well. Yeah, and then he relocates to uh, Nia, I think you say Nia, it's N-E-A-H Bay, Washington. Okay. okay. And, you know, I kind of just wish... And stay in the army because it seems like they, you know, he still said some weird stuff and listened mm-hmm. to some music questionable. But he kind of had some structure. And, but he had and people yeah. Yeah, sort the, of had their yeah. thumb on him, and and we've seen that before here. Yeah, he might have actually become a productive American if he'd stayed in the Just army. Because the army. we, I, I guess, if you if you're going to have somebody like that walking around, they may as well be in the army. You want the the armed forces to at least have their. Thumb on them. Yeah, and this, and this guy doesn't, he is no shits given when it comes to pulling a trigger on something. I mean, it sounds like it. So he's he's out of the army now. He's done. He goes and moves onto a Native American reservation, the, the Maka Reservation Community. Okay. Which is strange in and of itself. He's, it, it's all, so like they find these communities that are, I guess he takes that after his mother. You know, his family's lived in log cabins and tents and... Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to go and seek out a, a nice suburb. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not normal to him. No. I get it. Sure. And his daughter has been born. Wait a at, minute. When do we have a girlfriend? Yeah, he's, he's got a daughter. Hold on, let me. That's the, is that the daughter that is in the be. house? Had to be. Yeah. Right. It's not his girlfriend's daughter. That's his got, daughter with his girlfriend. Is this a girlfriend we lusted after that we're sad about? Okay, so we've gone with that one. We've, right. we've been this, in the army. He's met someone in Washington. Okay. He's got a girlfriend, okay. and they have a daughter in 2001. Got it. Okay. All right. Now, is she a member of the reservation? No. Or, okay. Just, just, okay. Yeah. And, but she quickly develops a pretty bad drinking habit, and he decides that she's an unfit mother, so he takes daughter and heads to Alaska. Hey, guys. We have a new sponsor here at True Crime on Easy Street. It's A&W. Outdoor services. 
They're located right here in Cherokee County, Alabama. It's almost time to tidy up your deck, clean the gutters, and spruce up the yard and landscaping around your home or your house or your creekside cabin. And who better to do that for you than the professional crew at A&W Outdoor Services? Call 256-706-7964 and let Alan Wells and his guys do all the hard work for you so you can spend your time this summer enjoying your piece of Cherokee County in clean, carefree comfort. Call Alan Wells today for a free estimate or to get on the schedule before it fills up. And it's going to be full soon. Call 256-706-7964 A&W Outdoor Services. It's time to plan your best vacation ever right here in Cherokee County, Alabama. Many outdoor adventures await. Wet a hook in beautiful Weiss Lake. Swing away at Cherokee Pines Golf Club. Climb to the best view around at Cherokee Rock Village. Hike the Little River Canyon National Preserve. Take a days-long splash at Pirates Bay Water Park. And much, much more. The Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism has a full list of recommended lodging facilities, RV sites, and campgrounds. And they're all set up to suit your vacation needs, whatever they may be. So come see us from wherever you are. And if you already live right here in lovely Cherokee County, plan your summer 2023 staycation with the Chamber by visiting Cherokee-Chamber.org. If you want to keep current on all the happenings in and around Cherokee County, a subscription to the Post-Herald is a great way to do that. The Post-Herald is a one-stop shop for local, state, national, and world news and sports. The Post-Herald also contains crossword and Sudoku puzzles, syndicated opinion and advice columns, and free classified ads. Depending on your zip code, you can get a full year of the Post-Herald delivered to your door for as little as $20 annually during our springtime subscription drive. That's cheap. So call call 256-927-4476 today and subscribe to the Cherokee Post-Herald. That's 256-927-4476. Thank you for being a sponsor. Okay. So this is what brings us back to Alaska. So it's his uh, yeah. daughter and that girlfriend in Alaska is not the mother of mother. the daughter. Okay. okay. Now she didn't fight him on this custody, obviously. No. Okay. No, there's really not much, much on her. On her. I, Can I just, did he kill her? No. Okay. She was a barfly. Okay. She, she stays in Washington. He heads to Alaska and begins a construction business in 2007. Okay. We're at, called Keys Construction. He's working as a handyman, contractor, construction worker, kind of odd, odd job out. But he does pretty well for himself because then he starts taking trips all around the country to do construction jobs. Or so he tells his girlfriend at the uh-huh. time. And so she just has the daughter and... She's got the daughter she has and no reason to think no otherwise. I feel like there's about to be a map of the continental United States put up on the wall and we're going to start sticking pins in various places around the country. Katie, am I getting close? I don't know. It sounds like that might be what's about to happen. Well, he takes trips around the country to deposit what he calls kill kits. Which is where... He gets to the destination, mm-hmm. buys all the things necessary to commit a murder, and buries it, leaves it in an abandoned house, something along those lines, and then goes home. You know, just in case you need it when you come back. So we we talking about duct tape and rubber gloves and yeah, those knives, yeah. rope, shovel, shovels, Drano, yeah. okay. lye are always in his kits. Mm-hmm. He had up to 12 stashed around the country. What the fuck? He's quoted saying, when I was a kid, I dreamed of finding buried treasure and I figured I might as well create it. It's a, it's a really messed up view of treasure. In Essex, Vermont on June 9th, 2011, a couple by the name of Bill and Lorraine Courier didn't make it to work, so everyone began to worry about them. They were not at home, and neither was their car. But they didn't take wallets, medicine, 
eyeglasses, anything that they needed if they were going to jump in the car and head out. Suspicion about their disappearance. Mm -hmm. It's not like they did it on purpose. We've we've talked about that. And they were just this everyday average couple who liked to do yard work and hang out with each other. And they didn't have any like kids at home or anything. So them up and disappearing was weird to everyone in, in the town. But they, no one knew what happened to them until a guy shows up in a prison in Anchorage, Alaska and starts telling a story. He tells the detectives that he broke into their home on June 8th, tied them up, drove them to an abandoned farmhouse. He took Bill into the house first and actually Lorraine managed to get out of the car and take off, but he quickly caught up with her, decided to sexually assault her in the room beside Bill, where Bill had to unfortunately hear. Then he shot Bill and strangled Lorraine. And their bodies to this day have still never been found because the house that he left them in had been demolished and the rem- like the demolished pieces of the home had been taken to the largest landfill in Vermont. And they scoured this landfill for weeks okay. and oh, never oh, yeah, found the bodies. That, that's worse than a needle mm-hmm. in a haystack. I mean, they had yeah. a cadaver dog that did alert at the basement of the abandoned house that had been torn down. So they, mm-hmm. they took him at his word yeah. that, but this was the location of one of his kill kits. So he just flew back out to find his kit and drove around until he found a victim. He said he chose their house because it didn't look like any kids lived there and they had no dogs and it was easy entrance. They had a car. How old were they? Late 40s. She was late 40s. He was early 50s. Just living their lives. Planning their next trip to the beach. (sighs) And then whammo. I hate this guy. Yeah, me too. Before he gives any more names, he wants more confirmation of the death penalty. You got it, dude. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, right? Keep talking. You want another candy bar? Here you go. He tells them about his first crime he committed that did not lead to murder. In the summer of 1997 or 98, he can't really be sure. He committed a sexual assault on a teenage girl who'd been tubing down the Deschutes River in Oregon. He grabbed her from the river, took her into like an outhouse situation, and sexually assaulted her at knife point. He originally planned to murder her, but she talked her way out of it. How'd she do that? She told him that he was a good-looking guy. If he'd have just come up to her on the street, she probably would have went out with right. him. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do this. He seemed like a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Said he just, she, he says she just threw him off. Like he had, he didn't, he didn't know where to go from there. Mm-hmm. But he vowed from that day that he would never let anyone else go again because he was so disappointed with himself for not murdering that girl. Wow. I mean, you know, to say Gacy again, I mean, that was his motivation. Like, if, if I get him in the house, they're not leaving. Yeah. He said that that was not the first time he had sex with someone against their will. But he counted this as his first crime because he was going to kill her, but he ha- wasn't going to kill any of the other girls that he, you know, raped but that, before. Uh, well, well okay. those others were crimes too, yes. dude. But. But he's like, that. they don't count because I oh, wasn't going to kill them. Good. Yeah. Murder is the crime in his mind. I mean, that we, mm. do, we you remember we, when we talked about the Golden State Killer? He worked himself up. He was the ransacker and then he was the rapist and then he was the Golden State Killer. Yeah, but I thought he was feeling shame about the the lust. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it wasn't lust he was feeling shame for. Maybe it was... A, Rape, because he would have been committing rapes at the time he was writing in that yeah. journal. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so in, well, in his mind, the word lust is the rape. I mean, I, I want to rape my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. he's, he wrote lust and meant rape. Oh, Maybe. Okay. This is when his identity is leaked to the media. So he's so. still talking... Can we to put these police officers? Can we put leaked in quotes? Right. Yeah. It's leaked in Vermont. 
when they have when they have okay. linked him to Bill and Lorraine. Yeah. Okay. The name Israel Keys is put in the newspaper. They have video of him being arrested. He's on the news because Bill and Lorraine have been missing for about a year. Israel Keys. Israel Keys. And he's still getting visitors at prison and he still has some access to newspapers and things. So the detectives are like, we're going to have to tell him he's been on the news because somebody else is going to tell him. So we need to- He's going to find out. Yeah, we need to mitigate this. Mm -hmm. And he loses it at this. He's he's irate. He's like, I told y'all that was my one thing. My daughter's Mm going to be able to find me on the internet now. It's Mm -hmm. like, you probably should have thought about that before you- yeah. Began killing people all over How the country. How about don't murder people? Yeah, don't blame the messenger. Don't blame the mediocre journalist who stumbled across this story. And you know what? Your daughter does she needs to know who you are mm-hmm. and she needs to stay away from you. So my favorite quote of yeah. his is that he says at one point that the more stuff his name is attached to, the more likely he'll be a part of some true crime bullshit. Oh my God! Hi. Hi. Your worst nightmare has come true today, if not before, and I'm sure they were not the first to attack uh, to tackle this one. No, but no. that is a damn shame, and That's I hate fun. it. That's fun. I'm excited. Yay! Us. I've never been more happy to be a mediocre journalist. <laughs> he, Welcome to our version of true crime bullshit. <laughs> Hi, Israel. <laughs> He goes on and gives them a little more information. He says the first murder he committed sometime in 2001 in Washington after he had, his girlfriend became pregnant. And the second and third victims were in a month of the first. So he snowballed from like he, once he murdered one. Once he did it, he found out he liked it. It was, yes. it was just right. keep going. And those three were while his girlfriend was pregnant and then his daughter's born. And he said that's when he decided he would never target children. So we're not certain if he killed children before his okay. daughter was born or not. He never. But he's not admitting to it if right. he did. Okay. Said he always had stories for why he had to leave for jobs or to visit family or old friends because he always, after these Washington murders, he didn't murder close to home. It's pretty strange how he has the capacity to love his daughter in his own way and then care about, you know, her finding out about him or his mother, but then to just go and do these things. It's really, mm-hmm. I, it's I, always been odd to me that I, they can do this. Three words for you, Joseph James D'Angelo. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, he, he happy, not happy family, but a, a wife and three daughters. Who yeah. loved him. You know, he wasn't found until he was in his 70s. Yeah, strange. And said, how can this be my dad who yeah. did this? I know. Yeah. So sociopaths can do this. They can interact yeah. with society. It's just always been I know, it's always baffling. How they can do that. Because I just, I'm like, we, well, what's real? Yeah. Yeah, what's real to them? Yeah. Right. I don't know. Which person are you really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They tied some murders to him through his search history on his computer because he would look up these people's names to see what news articles had been written about their murders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's the last he says because on December 2nd, 2012, he died by suicide in his jail cell. He had somehow managed to get a hold of a razor blade and embedded it in a pencil. Like I said, they're, they have no idea how he did it because he was not allowed to have razor blades. He was under strict security. Like when he did shave, he had to shave with an electric razor under supervision. Like, mm-hmm. but he he also he cut his wrist and attempted strangulation on himself because that was always his method of choice. He shot Bill, and he had stabbed Lorraine after he had strangled her. Mm-hmm. But his method of choice was usually strangulation. You can't strangle yourself. Yeah, I think he found that out. Because a a suicide note found under his body consisted of almost like a poem situation. He called it an ode to murder. Mm -hmm. But it offered no clues about other possible victims. Yeah, he just shut up. When he didn't get Mm -hmm. his way, he was done. Yeah. And in in 2020, the FBI released drawings from his jail cell he had drawn 11 skulls and one pentagram in blood 
underneath his bed after his suicide. Uh, one of the drawings included the phrase, we are one, written at the bottom. So they believe that the number of skulls correlates with uh, his total number of victims. Uh, okay. So 11. But, but that's their only really clue to it. They, they have no idea. It sounds like he was honest and forthcoming. Uh-huh. To the extent that he, I mean, well, until he didn't. Get but his I mean, way, again, yeah. here we go with sociopaths. They're proud of what they've done. They mm-hmm. they want to brag about their accomplishments. Remember the the whole. I I I hate to keep saying John Wayne Gacy over and over, but you know he sat with the police but, and told the whole damn story of everything oh, yeah. he done. He was proud of himself. Yeah, but this guy wanted control. Too. He wanted a control of this situation. Yes, and then when he, in his mind, lost control everybody can say dude you, you really don't have control of the situation but mm-hmm. he feels like he does you let him think that he does yeah and yeah. he's he's talking and he's talking and he's talking but then things start to go south mm-hmm. in his mind he doesn't have control so he's done and it? he wanted to get caught i believe because he had done all of these things commit committed all these murders with no one the wiser I mean, there was no leads on any of yeah, these murders. Yeah, th- there's almost, for these guys, there's almost no fun in accomplishing the act if you don't get your, your just due for it. If You want credit for what you've accomplished. Yeah, and then he just loses it and murders the girl in his town and takes off on a road trip down south, you yeah. know, with her debit card. I mean, that, that's screaming... Catch me, yeah. come find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it? Yes, and and they did right. And then he's like, "All right, he's like, I'll tell you everything. I'm done with this. Catch me. I'm using. I mean, that's we all know that if you want to get caught, use the person, the murder victim's debit card. Yeah, or the mm-hmm. missing person's debit card. Mm-hmm. That's the quickest way in the world to get caught. Well, he just wanted to to continue to, you know, have control of his situation and his his requests yeah. and keep you know toying with everybody and yeah the detectives they'd be like you know it's you can only sit and get yelled at by a serial killer so long and then you, you you have to take a break yeah yeah and, and and the more I didn't know anything about any of this until we started doing this mm-hmm. but the the story that I'm working on for next time a lot of this comes up again mm-hmm. and it's just these people who are able and willing to commit these type of acts, they don't care about anything except committing the act and getting the credit for it. Mm-hmm. John Douglas, the FBI guy, has a term up for what this means or what this motivation is that escapes me at this moment. We will talk about it. But it's it's anonymous. What is it? It's anonymous. Uh, uh, anyway, it means I want. I don't want you to know it was me. But I want everybody to know that I did it. Yeah. 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 And, and that was gone for him once his name got leaked. Yes. In Vermont. Yeah. And so he was. Yeah. Once my daughter dead. knows about it, my, this, my primary motivation yeah. is gone now. But yeah. he doesn't care to murder a girl in his shed with his daughter sleeping 100 yards away. Yep. Yeah. But he's going he's gonna to end up taking credit for that when he runs through Arizona and New Mexico with her debit card. Mm-hmm. After he comes back from his so when did this happen? When did he trip? This was 2012. 2012. And since then, they've tried to link murders to him. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of unsolved murders that people believe he's committed he that they can't because mm-hmm. because he, he went all over. And yeah. That was he and he always traveled under his real name so they can like check his flight log. The flat logs. No, where, see, what city he yeah, was where in. he's been. So, yeah. did they find all of the kill kits? Have they been able to find them? Did he tell them where they were? No, or? they haven't oh, found Lord. them all. Yeah, anonymous fame is the phrase that I was trying to find in my head. Anonymous oh, okay. fame—that's what mm-hmm. these sociopaths want. Well, in their mind, at that point, they're still in control of exactly. the situation. Yeah, I'm and, pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. I'm the puppet master, and I'm pulling the strings. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, and I'm gonna know when I read this headline in the paper, I did that. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to know it was me. Yeah. Anonymous fame. Right, right. Which, like, like I said, he would look up these people online and see the articles written about them. That's how they've connected a couple, but 
The same guy kidnapped the Lindbergh baby. Did he? Or the have, same type of guy. Did he have a consistent? What's the victimology? Is there? Is there weakest link? Just like he just easy. What like easy you said? Target. No kids in the house. Looks mm-hmm. easy to get there. They got a car. I can steal the car. No dog. He didn't. He didn't. And then this girl at the coffee shop was just by herself, mm-hmm. working late, late. Yeah, and he just got oh. the itch. The uh, uh, the what is the phrase? The uh, low hanging fruit. Oh, gotcha. Unfortunately, like the girl who was tubing with her friends had like got kind of left behind. He'd been watching mm-hmm. them for hours, I think. At yeah. that point, he was able to snag her up and. So yeah, stay in groups. Yeah. So Oops. let's let's just let's. Can I can I get on a, a mom soapbox for a minute? Do it, let's, please. let's stay together, guys. You're gonna yeah. go on a trip with some friends. You know, if you're in college or even if you're in your early twenties or if you're or if you're in your sixties, you're gonna go on a trip with with someone. Don't don't get left by yourself. Yeah. I mean, just Yeah, ask Natalie Holloway's parents about that. Yeah, just kinda mm-hmm. like stay with your friends. Watch where you where you are, watch the people around you. Yeah. Um if somebody looks wanna, weird, he might be. He might very well be weird. He might be weird. Stay the fuck away from that guy. Yeah, be, don't talk to the weirdo. Yeah, just I don't know. Everybody, take care of yourself out there. Good gosh, I know. Because I mean, and and you can't sit around and just be afraid of everything. Because That's a true. lot of this, he yeah. went to the, in these people's houses in the middle of the night. Yeah, broke in a window. Yeah, and. We've talked about a lot of home invasions mm-hmm. over the, the oh, course yeah. of our... Absolutely. Like, he was quoted talking about Bill and Lorraine, and he was like, yeah, they sure were surprised when I woke them up from bed. I was like, I'm sure they were yeah. surprised. Yeah, three in the morning, a mm-hmm. flashlight in my eyes. Yeah. Well, you know what? I bet Israel... Did he have his pants su- on? I bet you were surprised when you saw your name in the paper, so there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? And maybe that's the only way to relate that to this story to somebody who thinks that way. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's the one thing you didn't want to happen, Ha-ha. and it's happened to you. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, no. Here's two things. He's on a true crime bullshit yeah. podcast. Right. <laughs> I know, yeah. and there is, there's a couple of documentaries on him. But I'm going to watch one tonight. Yeah, not Katie brought the wood notes. today. Yes, she did. Yeah. But Whatever that means. What does that mean? That means she brung it. When you okay. can watch some of his Top ring rope, elbow, match over. Oh, One, two, three. I it's you. over. All right, yeah. The What I had tried to get Scott to watch was just watching him talk to these I'm gonna watch that interrogators. And tell, it's me, just, tell me what to watch to get to that, to see it that. It is the darkest. Hold on. The darkest. Ooh. Okay. I'm watching it tonight. After the Super Bowl. One is called Method of a Serial Killer. And it's, you can get to it like through Hulu or whatever. It was on Oxygen. Okay. Um, and then the other is. But I mean, the guy's name is Israel Keys. I-S-R-A-E-L-K-E-Y-E-S. So that'll get you there, I'm guessing. Yes. And then he is on. Shoot. I'm about to cut. I'm about to do some editing on that. Ugh. He looks like a, um, what is that? Um. Insect, um, bull weevil, a praying mantis. Oh, really? I don't know if I've ever seen a human being that looked like a praying mantis. He, and his skull drawings are terrible. <laughs> oh. But yes, he's. Uh, is it worse than the Seventies uh, Liberation Army logo? Yeah, it is. And there's also a couple of episodes of Dark Minds. Oh yeah, those are shit. That's terrible. I mean, they kind of look aliens. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that looks like the thing that Alien has in its spaceship after it visits. And that it, it, that pentagram looks like a starfish. Right. <laughs> Y'all can cut all this. Well, so no, 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 keep we'll, it all. We'll, we'll throw that up on Anyways. Instagram. But he he yeah. does kind of look like a like a praying mantis. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of looks like um, Mark Zuckerberg. He does. Oh, he well. does look like Mark. Zuckerberg. Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He looks very angry there in that photo. Well, he, I'm assuming that's a mugshot, so his whole world is crashing down. Yeah. So good. Yes. But yeah, you can, wow. and when you see him in his interviews too, like he just, he sits and he's so calm and collected mm-hmm. and he's si- sipping his Americano. I don't get it. I just, I don't understand what makes people do that. It's, it's uh, something with him though. It, it it was obvious when he was younger. Yeah. That mm-hmm. The signs were there. He was he was born with this 
sickness, I guess. It, I and I'm not going to, yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it, mm-hmm. but but this is, he's he's displaying these. No names. Behaviors. At a but young did age. anybody ever grow up with somebody that you thought, now, knowing what we know now, if you look back, hey, maybe this is one of those people. I don't. I think most that, of my friends were normal and everybody I think was that cool. Everybody could probably say that there was a person they went to school with that later on, if, if they said, hey, this person, you know, killed someone, that you would go, hmm. Sounds right. Yeah. I went to school Possibly. with a guy who had a hit list. Oh. And wow. we would, really? and we would befriend him to get off to the get list. To get off the hit list. <laughs> And that's not funny because that could really happen. Yeah. But well, that's at, the time, at the time. When you're a we, kid, you think like a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think he grew up okay. And I think he's not a murderer. And maybe he just, maybe people were being mean to him. And people were mean to him. They they okay. did they did bully him. But then he would like, he would like a girl and he would put her boyfriend on the hit list. Okay. You know. Oh, yeah, that's a little different. Yeah. So I don't, but it was, at the time I was like, mm, how he, old? Like middle school. I mean, middle school is a weird time for everybody. It is everybody. an odd, odd you know, time. It is. So, if he, if he, if whoever this person is, if he, if he turned out okay, then just a phase. Yeah. But for the people that we're talking about, like Israel Keys, that wasn't a phase. That was their. No, but he's. That he's, was them becoming the person they were going to be for the rest of their lives. He's middle school age or younger, skinning deer alive yes. and shooting sure. cats. And yeah. Those kind of. You know, just never grew out of that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm not. I'm not going to blame you know parents for this. I mean, they may not have known he was out doing that. They had ten kids. I mean, they're not keeping up with all of them. Obviously, I mean, they're living with no electricity and water, and everybody's having to work. And they apparently don't care about child labor laws. Yeah, I mean, if they disappear into the woods for an hour, you just assume they're going to poop, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because there's no bathroom. Yeah. Katie, that was a, that was an incredible hey, job today. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, we learned. Oh, we Katie stepped up to the plate and hit the first pitch right over the fucking fence. Yeah, it was great. We we. Uh, I mean, you know, good. Terrible, I'm not, I'm, terrible I'm not topic. A storyteller, you guys are, but you it was a great. terrible topic, of course. But you did a, an excellent job with it, and you know, it's just always crazy to me too. And you, this guy was just as prolific a serial killer as some of the others, but you don't hear about him as much. Which is yeah, he what missed. he wanted, and yeah, it's crazy because other people wanted want that fame, and yeah, then they get it. Wow. You know, you should kind of do the opposite. But I'm definitely going to check out those documentaries, mm-hmm. though. Cause yeah, I wanna, same here. I want to see. I want to well. see the demeanor as he's being interviewed. So, but thank that, you so much. That is the good part of those documentaries. I will say they're not just like great watching, really. Yeah. They're not yeah. well done. All right, so uh, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, yes. Check us out at truecrimeoneasystreet.com. Leave us a five-star review yes. somewhere or keep it to yourself. <laughs> and uh, I guess we will see you next week. Yep. Good night, everybody. <laughs>